0: Warning, The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times bestselling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is Columbus Day, and so...
1: We're playing a little uh, Hey Mambo by uh, Dean Martin, a very famous Italian-American. I will say again, happy Columbus Day. Beautiful day, beautiful day. Uh, It was not meant to celebrate only Columbus, but it was originally meant to celebrate the contributions of Italian-Americans to our nation's history. But don't tell that to the mean-spirited, hateful uh, anti-European Americans on the left who are trying to get rid of Columbus Day. Not only did old Chris uh, become the man most responsible for opening up the new world to the old, he actually exemplified the American dream. Who was old Chris Columbus? He was the son of a tradesman, taught himself uh, many things on his own, and he learned to sail at the age of 10. Tell that to the leftists who can't even boil an egg. He was not a privileged young man, like most of the leftist scum but he was a healthy Catholic boy who rose from his humble origins and became one of mankind's or humankind's most famous heroes. Instead of celebrating him, the vermin on the left want to beat him down. It's not just to beat him down, but it's to beat down all of America and particularly Italian-Americans. That's what they want to do. First, they came for the Confederate statues. Then they knocked down Columbus's statues. Now the vermin on the left who should be thrown in jail for 25 years are knocking down statues of Theodore Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln in Portland, Oregon. Abraham Lincoln is now being uh, defaced by all of you Biden voters. All of you Biden voters are on the side of these Antifa vermin. They threw chains around Roosevelt's statue. They threw red paint on the monument and used a blowtorch on the, state's, the statue's base, according to news outlets. They pulled the statue down last night. Why Roosevelt? Why Roosevelt? Why Lincoln? Why Columbus? Why? Because you're stupid and you're weak. And when you're stupid and you're weak, your culture goes. But I don't want to harbor on that. There's a federal government that should have arrested Antifa and those violent ones in the other movements that claim to be seeking racial justice a long time ago. And we're not going to focus on that. Many states are ditching Columbus Day to observe Indigenous Peoples Day instead. Alaska, Hawaii, Maine, New Mexico, Oregon, South Dakota, Vermont. They're celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day. Now, I'm nothing against Indigenous Peoples. I admire Indigenous Peoples, at least the ancestors of Indigenous Peoples. I can't say the same for the leftists who have now taken over indigenous people's movements. There's a lot to be admired in indigenous peoples who learned to live on the land for 200,000 years. I certainly admire it greatly. But I don't admire the communists amongst the indigenous people's movements who really just want to overthrow America and take what is not theirs. But again, let's not focus on that. All I can say is uh, it's a beautiful day, Columbus Day. and. Uh, You wouldn't be here, was it not for Columbus? Your leftists wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be here. Where would you be, swinging from a tree somewhere in uh, Sweden? So I'm gonna ask you some other questions instead. Are you ready for them? If Columbus was so bad, why don't you, the liberal out there, donate your property to a Native American tribe? We have some uh, numbers I can give you. I can give you some numbers of a Native American tribal leader somewhere in your state, and you could donate your house, your car your clothing, your false teeth, and your false mind. Today, Amy ba- uh, Amy uh, Barrett, the hearings are on. Amy Barrett, one of the finest women I've ever seen in the legal profession. Mm. Biden says Americans don't deserve to know his views on court packing You here. What? We don't deserve to know his views on court packing. Nancy's 25th Amendment ploy is really about replacing Biden with Harris. I told you that on Friday, remember? Nancy's 25th Amendment ploy is about replacing Biden with Harris shortly after her gang takes over the country should they win. So I will revisit a question I raised on Friday, which was extremely popular, one of the most responsive audiences yet for any of my many podcasts on the issue of what will America look like a year from now. It was amazing how popular that became. And if you want to call on that or the other topics, you certainly can and you know my number. Uh, Also, I have another question for you. If the president were to come on my show this week, and I mean the president of America, um, President Trump, if President Trump were to come on this show this week, what would you have me ask him? It's simple. I put it up on uh, Twitter. uh, Well, how long ago? 42 minutes ago. What questions would you have me ask President Trump should he appear on my radio show? And then I threw in a little tailor on it, a little tail job. I said, I will try to avoid panegyrics. I will try to avoid panegyrics. Because it's not my job to simply say, Mr. President, you're 100% correct and impeccably dressed. That's the job for Mel Brooks and those in talk radio who stabbed him in the back for the whole year he was running and now make believe that they're they're his best friend, okay? You're 100% correct and impeccably dressed, Mr. President. I'll leave that to the uh, cartel members. The cartel members who are just such great Americans. I will avoid such panegyrics. He doesn't need them. Now, the accusations against Biden are painfully close to the truth. That's the, the horrible reality. The accusations against Biden are painfully close to the truth in almost every regard, certainly with regard to his son's scandals in Ukraine and China. But they gain no traction because of fifth columnists like Wolf Blitzer, Jake Tapper, and all of the rest— In the illegitimate media but let's not bury our heads in the sand about what's going on nor what the polls are saying we must not be don quixote with our lances going against the media on a daily basis thinking that we're making a big difference with the undecided but the question is do you actually think trump is going to win i'm not so sure he's going to lose i'll put it to you that way oh i know the smart money says it's going to be a swamp against them uh, just a tidal wave of 70 30 80 20 i'm not so sure i'm not so sure that the polls are accurate i'm supposed to believe some jerk who smokes marijuana in a basement in williamsburg brooklyn who has a website he knows more than i do because what they quote him i don't even remember his name he was wrong in every poll he ever ran and yet everyone's quoting this jerk in a basement at williamsburg and i say in every state he's behind I believe he's behind in 2016 in every state wasn't he wasn't he behind in every poll before the election wasn't Hillary above uh, in every poll before the election I'm not so sure he's losing I haven't given up of you not at all so I'm gonna continue to fight for his uh, victory because the worst nightmare I could imagine would be uh, Nancy Pelosi pulling the strings on this country with her stooge Kamala Harris is that clear enough for you Is that clear enough for you? Because it's not Biden. Biden is a stalking horse for Kamala Harris. They found a friendly old senile man who you think think is a nice guy. He's probably the meanest guy on the earth who came up with the nice guy act. We have tapes from him last January screaming against whites, white males, white privilege, white civilization. Then all of a sudden they pulled a dummy and they said, look, that's not selling. Now make believe you're Mr. Mild and you're going to unify the country. Right, that's the game, that's the game. So he's been playing Uncle Joe with a smile. Well, there was another Uncle Joe in history, you may remember. Uncle Joe never frowned, Uncle Joe never yelled. Uncle Joe smiled at every public appearance. His name was Uncle Joe Stalin. How'd that work out for Russia? How'd that work out for the Russian people? That was another smiling Uncle Joe. Be careful and watch out for the smiling Uncle Joes out there. Because behind them are very, very dangerous people. But again, getting back to the uh, show today, uh, the phone number here is 855-400-7282. 855-400-SAVAGE. Again, every, anyone who gets on the show, meaning through the call screen, and gets a copy of Our Fight for America because the battle has not even begun yet. The battle will begin after the election. By the way, even if Trump wins, the battle will, will begin then by the way, because there's an agenda that I noted. Of all the people who support President Trump out there, and there are many in the media, how many of them have articulated an agenda other than stop socialism? That dumb message. Stop socialism, stop socialism, stop socialism. I articulated the actual agenda rather than the rhetorical agenda. So what will America look like a year from now? What do you, the listeners, see coming? questions on the uh, board for you today are added to that one. And I don't know how to repeat them to you. Uh, I can repeat them if I want. Oh, I didn't add one. There's one little big one. I mean, one big little one or one big, big one. The WHO, the World Health Organization, reverses its stance on COVID. It now condemns lockdowns. Did you hear this one? They said lockdowns don't work and they're destroying countries. Did you hear this one? Listen to this now. For those of you on the left who are deaf, dumb, and blind, here is WHO's special envoy, David Nabarro, on COVID 19 to world leaders. Listen what he has to say. This is a terrible, ghastly global uh, catastrophe, actually. And so we really do appeal to all world leaders stop using lockdown as your primary control method, develop better systems for doing it, work together and learn from each other. But remember, lockdowns just have one consequence that you must never ever uh, belittle, and that is making poor people an awful lot poorer. He deserves a Nobel Prize for that. I doubt that he will get it because he just told you the truth. Now, it's not news to me. I will burnish my own halo a bit if you don't mind because last March it was, I did an entire podcast on um, sorcery, illness, and social control, and I try to inform you, the listeners of this show and the podcast, that illness has been used as for social control in villages going back a very long time, usually by using sorcery. And in our case, Doctor Fauci is the sorcerer, and uh, Doctor Bricks is the sorcerer's apprentice. I'll be right back. Savage. Going to the grocery store has become such a hassle these days, hasn't it? So skip the crowded aisles and masks and have Omaha Steaks ship all your food safely to your doorstep. Now, that's the world's greatest steaks. Plus, premium meats, easy meals, everything you need to ensure your family is stocked up for the long haul. And it's all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Omaha Steaks equals perfectly aged, 100% American grain-finished beef for the ultimate in tenderness, juiciness, and flavor. Mm. The Omaha Steakhouse Experience delivers everything you need to enjoy the finest steakhouse dinner, in the comfort of your own home iconic steaks classic sides decadent desserts and more every order is flash frozen vacuum sealed safely delivered in a cooler really with dry ice and stays ready to cook in the freezer for months right now you can get a gourmet assortment of best sellers with an exclusive offer just for my listeners go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code savage into the search bar and for this week Omaha Steaks will add two pounds of premium ground beef free with your order, plus free shipping. My favorite package is the Butcher's Best Sellers Package, which includes the famous bacon-wrapped filet mignon, smoky sweet bacon, fork-tender filet mignon. It is delicious. Believe me, you're going to be happy. All you got to do is simply go and order it now. And remember, they also have lobster. Oh, are they good? Oh, the lobster is good. Just go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code SAVAGE into the search bar. That's omahasteaks.com, code SAVAGE. Celebrating Christopher Columbus today on The Savage Nation. Say it loud and say it proud. Most of you leftist haters wouldn't be here, was it not, for uh, Columbus? Uh, I don't know where you'd be. I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. The Native Americans would be here, but... I'm not so sure that they've done so badly, actually, when you look around, compared to a uh, an existence that was a subsistence existence, despite the horrors of conquest, which unfortunately are true worldwide, conquest is ugly, conquest is bloody, there is not a nation standing on the planet that was not formed in seas of blood. But don't tell that to the Jake Tappers of the media, they pretend that every other nation was founded by uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Of course, in the media, we have only the Seven Dwarfs and there's no Snow White's left. But again, we're talking about other topics today as well. And uh, I wanted to say this, you know, the podcast from the other day on Friday, I have to mention it, which was what will the world look like, paying that question? What will America look like a year from now? Has thus far been one of my most popular to date and what's intriguing to me is that the ratings came out on podcasts, I think, last Friday. And this show uh, is in the top 50. Now, you say, well, what's the big deal? There were, you know that there are thousands of podcasts? It's not like radio shows where there are you know hundreds. There are thousands of podcasts. And without any promotion whatsoever, and not being a member of the cartel that is driving me out of the radio business... Oh, yes, you'll hear about that in January, who I mean by the cartel, who are the cartel players, who their agent is, how they've all conspired to get me off the radio. You'll hear all about it in January. Uh, The cartel players are very clever indeed because they made you think that they're all great Americans. In fact, they're the most vicious people on the planet. But I don't care because I'll do what I do anyway. And the point is, this show, as a podcast, is in the top 50. So I want to tell you that for a reason. One, because if I don't tell it to you, you won't get the message. And when you think about it, there's no promotion, zero. There's no cross-promotion, zero. The cartel blocks promotion, cross-promotion. There's no appearances on fixed news. No faux news supporting it, right? No faux news, no appearances on faux news, nothing. So it's in the top 50, and here's what the peculiar part is. My podcasts are really just the radio shows denuded of the ads, and boil down but it's the same thing as a radio show now what's going to happen when i do an original podcast come january where they're not heard on the radio would you think that the numbers of listeners will go up or down we're guessing it'll quadruple triple or quadruple within the year and we'll tell you more about it as the time comes and about other things that may be happening depending upon my my desires there'll be a tv thing if i want it but i don't i don't know i don't know how hard i want to work i'll be honest with you You know, I spent yesterday afternoon, the weather finally changed out here in the San Francisco area. It was horrible, and you know, the fires and the smoke and the poor people losing their whole life's purpose, you know, everything up in a wine country. It was terrible. And we we got the ash, we got the smoke. It was like living in a nuclear winter for a month. Horrible. Then it was freezing on Saturday. It was the kind of day you put on flannel clothing and made a cup of tea and sat inside with a fire. Then lo and behold, God opens up the skies on Sunday, and the, the weather goes calm. The bay becomes flat. And I went out on my boat yesterday for the first time in over a month. And I must tell you something about boating. Just for, It's a little, you know, distraction for me. I have a lot of problems in my life that I think are typical of most of us. But there's no real problem that I have. I'll tell you what a real problem is. Here's a real problem. Let me put things in context for you of what a real problem is a real problem is being a russian conscript In uh, world war II on the german front A real problem is having your commander shoot you in the back If you don't charge forward into a hail of machine gun bullets A real problem is being in the german army On the uh, russo german front in world war II and having the nazi party Go to your house and kill your wife and children if it's reported that you didn't charge into a hail of Russian machine gun bullets during a battle. Because that's what a real problem is, not what the scum called Antifa or the vermin demanding rights that they don't entitle to in this country. Savage. Trump Card is de D'Souza's most important film yet. It'll be available on video and on demand beginning October 9th. There is a new and dangerous socialist movement in America, and it is threatening our American way of life. Find out who's behind it and how to stop it. Trump card beating socialism, corruption, and the deep state. Look for it on all major platforms beginning October 9th. Don't miss Trump card. Well, I think she's talking about Joe Biden, because to be honest with you, he's the one that's got the problem. And obviously, it's obvious to anybody that watches him speak. He's the one that got that has the problem and they want to put a, a super radical left person in like uh, Kamala, who's worse than who's further left than Bernie Sanders. But, no, I think she's talking and a lot of people think that she's talking about uh, Joe Biden getting him out. Uh, and now, that- frankly, uh, you know, that's that's the way I view it. That's the president talking about Madam Pelosi, the empress of our time running the ploy of the 25th Amendment. Uh, it really was not aimed at Trump. It's aimed to get rid of uh, Biden, should they win, to put in her stooge, um, Ms. Harris. Ms. Harris. Well, Biden and Harris hold a campaign event in Arizona and the local news went bonkers because not one supporter showed up. So people are saying, what, is that real? I wonder what's going on. I mean, they could pack it all they want. They buy votes. They could pay for supporters. What are they trying to do here? What are they, just running the printing presses with the fake mail-in ballots? So they don't even want to waste any money on fake supporters <laughs> at a Biden campaign event? Who knows? Who, I don't, you know, politics is so tricky, especially these days, uh, that it's hard to know who's doing what, to be honest with you. All we know is we the people kind of know on the ground level what exactly is going on. And I, I wouldn't say these are the worst of times. The worst of times, you need to know a little history. The worst of times are, I'll give you a little example, you're a Russian peasant, you're living in Ukraine, the Nazis invade and they burn your house to the ground, uh, they take your husband as a slave, they rape your mother and then they shoot you. Th- that's the worst of times. You're, your little farmhouse made of straw goes up in flames. What we're living through is nonsense. We never had it so good, never had it so good. And if Trump should lose, who are you gonna beat up then? Who are you going to blame for all your problems? Well, I know. For the next four years, it'll be Trump did it. See, they have it already. Nancy has it ready. The script's been written. They had uh, Jake Tapper and Wolf Blitzer and the other uh, seven dwarves come in for the uh, for the uh, you know the memo. So uh, if we should win, even though things will be worse than they ever were, and it looks like Venezuela and San Francisco's problems will now become a national issue because it'll be everywhere, we'll blame it for, on Trump. We have it all ready to go, and NPR will go along with it since that's part of the uh, propaganda machine. But let's celebrate today. I used to love Columbus Day as a kid. I look forward to it a lot. Not only because I think it was a day off when I was a kid in school. I don't remember. Did they give you off for Columbus Day? Not really. It was like a pseudo-holiday in the sense that you got off for Lincoln, you got off for Washington, which was stolen from us. They took away Lincoln. They took away Washington. uh, And now they want to take away Columbus. So who's going to be left? Only one... Holiday, Cesar Chavez Day, and ethnic people only, is that what they want to do? Of course that's what they want to do. Sure, that's what they want to do. It's called erasing history. And once they get through erasing the statues, they'll erase you. But that's for the future, not right now. Over the weekend, the vermin on the left pulled down statues of Theodore Roosevelt, Abraham Lincoln, and Portland, Oregon. Now, there's a way to stop this. If we had a legitimate country with legitimate mayors, legitimate governors, they wouldn't have gotten this far. Trump tried. He sent in federal troops. He was called a fascist. So then he pulled out. He said, All right, you don't want me here? I'll leave. That's all. So now they're going statue, 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 statue. Businesses are dying. The idiot who runs San Francisco. We have a mayor. No one ever heard of her before she became mayor. No one knows where she came from. Apparently, she grew up in a housing project. Nothing wrong with that. There are people who are poor. They grew up in housing projects and they make something of their lives. But she was effectively an unknown persona handpicked by the same people who want to pick Harris or picked Harris to replace Biden. The same machine that picked this mayor in San Francisco is now picking uh, Harris. And what happened in San Francisco? She's so stupid. She's so dictatorially insane, the mayor. She destroyed the infrastructure of the city first with the bums. Then she destroyed the businesses that were left with her lockdowns. And then suddenly the dummy from the housing projects woke up and said, Uh oh, ooh, there's no income. Ooh, our tax revenue went down. <laughs> I better do something about that. Drove out all the businesses, restaurants are dead. Well, we better do something about it because we have no income. What are we gonna do? We can't blame Trump, we have no money. So now suddenly who are they blaming? They don't know who to blame. They certainly can't blame themselves, could they? See, that's what happens. Eventually, you realize that socialism is what Margaret Thatcher said. Socialism is a great system until you run out of other people's money. And Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago, I think, has learned that. In addition to the murders, the city is bankrupt. And over here, Mayor Unknown may have learned that. The city is hollowed out. It's a sad thing to see because I love this city. But what's left to love? Every restaurant I used to go to is gone out of business. I can name them one after the other. North Beach restaurant boarded up with chains on it. Alioto's restaurant I went to it's been there since the 1920s. She destroyed it. She the mayor destroyed that restaurant as sure as I'm standing here. I guess you're going to blame Trump for causing the COVID epidemic. I'll blame I'll blame the mayor of San Francisco for destroying the restaurants that I once loved. Pinocchio restaurant gone alioto has gone North Beach restaurant gone uh, Mon Kiong restaurant out on 23rd in and uh, in Geary Beautiful great Chinese restaurant the best in the city gone After a lifetime of that family the Chinese family building it and running it gone because of this moronic mayor So who are they gonna blame Trump for everything? But let's get back to celebrating Columbus Day. So I saw an article that's not anything to do with Columbus Day A long story about how bad Trump is in the Washington Post, but it was so well-written that I had to read it because I love good language. I love uh, well-written stuff. I like literacy. So I read it at length. And one, it was about how great uh, China is and how they beat Trump and outsmarted him, that Trump made believe he could defeat them, but they didn't buy his act, blah, blah, blah. So there was one line in it that caught my attention, and I'll read it to you. Burying one's head in the sand like an ostrich in the face of economic globalization or trying to fight it with Don Quixote's lance goes against the trend of history said, said uh, uh, Dictator Z about President Trump. So he basically is saying that they were taking over the world, economic globalization means it's, the world will be run by China and trying to fight it with Don Quixote's lance goes against the trend of history say, saying Trump is like Don Quixote with a lance. Well, it's not true for a number of reasons. One, because uh, Don Quixote had a lance and he was tilting at windmills. We have hydrogen bombs, and we're not tilting at windmills. And Trump was 100% right. China outsmarted every previous administration. And Trump even said, when he came to power, he said, I don't blame a country for trying to outsmart another country for the sake of its own people. So he, uh, he saw through it. He tried to do something about it, but because of the Biden family and their interests, because of the other quizlings in our own government, who have been doing business with China, and we can name them all, uh, they hated Trump. It interfered with their sacking of the American economy. When did it start? It started a long time ago. It started in, uh, in earnest under Bill Clinton when Bill Clinton let the Chinese buy whole factories in the Midwest. At the time, it was small manufacturing plants. And the very, very wise Chinese came in and bought the entire plant, every machine tool, They didn't just buy the business, they bought the tools, took them to China, and they started manufacturing what we had once manufactured here in tens of thousands of factories across America. Bill Clinton permitted that to happen. At the same time, the Clintons permitted the Chinese to gain access to our rocket technology through uh, a corporation, which I've mentioned numerous times, and the man never went to jail, never, ever went to prison for what he did. In other times, it would have been called treason. He took... Government developed rocket technology. He was the former head of the DNC. Oh, yeah, he has a name. Lives on Park Avenue. Nice family. Did very well. Started with a parking meter company in the Bronx. Turned it into a space technology uh, company. Took American technology that knew how to launch rockets because we we're ahead of the game early, ever since World War II. And uh, he took the technology that the U.S. Department of Defense developed at taxpayer expense. And he shared it with the communist Chinese saying that they would only use it to launch weather satellites. And we said, no, 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 they're going to use it for uh, military purposes. And Mr. S said, oh, no, 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 my friends in China would never use it for military, ch- only for weather satellites. And Bill Clinton gave a ha, 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 oh, shock <laughs> and the, and the rubes ate it up. <laughs> oh, they're only going to use it for weather. <laughs> well. We know what happened next. The owner of that technology company, the former head of the Democrat National Committee, uh, bought a bigger penthouse on Park Avenue. And Bill Clinton uh, went on to bigger things. And the Chinese went on to becoming a dominant military threat to us in the world. So you see elections have consequences. And President Trump is the first president in decades to stand up to to the very real danger of China. It's a real danger, we all know that. They have declared us to be their number one military enemy and we all have to understand that nobody would benefit from a war. And it's time to put down the lances and put down the swords. And China has to yield a little bit in the economic warfare as Trump has tried to do. If God forbid Kamala Harris wins, I don't even say Biden because he's a factotum. If the Harris camp wins, tell me what you think will happen. China will become even more powerful, right? They already have a foot in the door there with the with the the Biden son. Doesn't he do business over there? Sure. They already have a foot in the door there. They have an ambassador, cashing in pretty good in the estimates of the journalists who actually who are actual journalists. So when you see Z saying burying one's head in the sand like an ostrich in the face of economic globalization, or trying to fight it with Don Quixote's lance, goes against the trend of history. Is chairman z putting down trump in a false analogy it's false on so many fronts is what i'm trying to say and uh so when i put that up on my twitter feed today people said things that were smart it was very smart howard west said don quixote wanted to fight against the free energy of his day meaning windmills that was very clever somewhat like people today fighting against fracking i thought that was very clever right you don't know how literate people really are. If you see the if you put something literate out, you get literate responses. If you put out dumb rhetoric, you get dummies answering you. By and large, not entirely true. And I got some really literate repl- replies to this thing. People understood it was not my quote, except for the foolish ones who thought I was writing the quote. The best quote of all on that article was by a man named Creeker or a woman named Creeker who said. Trump has a real lance, and Z isn't the windmill. See, I mean, that's what you call smart. That's what you call IQ. That's what you call IQ. But we all fear fear and feel the war drums. This is a terrible thing right now. We fear the war drums, you know. We fear the war drums. Where have all the Vikings gone? What happened? A uh, Swede posted an answer to this on my Twitter feed and said, the Chinese regime even makes money on COVID-19. Almost all face masks here in Sweden are made in China. Don't be surprised if Western economies are in ruins after the pandemic while Chinese economy is booming. So Michael Savage answered him and said, where have all the Vikings gone? And the Swedes said, it was pretty good Viking spirit in Sweden until the '68 revolution. We suffer from the same problem as the whole Western world. See, it all started with drugs, sex, and rock and roll. You understand how it happened? Drugs, sex, and rock and roll destroyed the West. Savage. I hope you're ready for what's next. Here's what's likely coming. More food shortages, power outages, grocery stores closed, and social unrest. Okay, so ask yourself a question. Do you actually have enough food and supplies on hand to last at least 30 days? The harsh reality is most Americans do not. But you can avoid the panicked masses in a last-minute rush just by ordering your four-week supply of emergency food from MyPatriotSupply.com. It's that simple. You can hire, you can put it in a closet, you know, a cool dark place. You just go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Starvation and dependency on the government are your only options when you fail to plan ahead. What are you going to do, go on a food line? Why don't you avoid the pain of being unprepared? It's a simple solution. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. Build your emergency food supply with meals that last up to 25 years in storage. And by the way, it's shipped discreetly to your door. No one knows what's in the package. So the delivery man can't steal it. Folks that know what's coming are using today to prepare for tomorrow. And there's still time for you to do the same. They've just gotten new supplies in. That's MyPatriotSupply.com, the original Patriot preparedness company. They're great. You can store it for up to 25 years if it's done right. MyPatriotSupply.com. Do it now. We're celebrating uh, Columbus Day today, which was really a celebration of uh, Italian-Americans to our nation's history. And uh, if it was not for Giuseppe Verde and other greats, I wouldn't have Jim Verde today working behind the... uh, the board, the board there in the Savage Nation. Jim, are you related to Giuseppe in any way, this Giuseppe Verdi, You may be, you never know. His great-grandfather could have been Giuseppe for all I know. Why do I know? But no, the Italian-Americans have contributed so much to the country except for what the the, the media wants you to see. All you, they want you to see is Albert Anastasia and uh, the Sopranos. That's what they're supposed, to, they're supposed to remember, not not Christopher Columbus who was it not for Christopher Columbus, none of us would have uh, been here, frankly. It opened the Atlantic trade, changed the world forever, saved the West, spread the gospel of Jesus farther and wider than anybody in uh, what was known as Christ's world would have ever imagined. Now, you you don't want to accept any of this. And you don't want to understand that the heathens who are attacking Christopher Columbus and Christopher Columbus statues are also attacking Christianity and Western civilization. You don't want to understand that only a few decades before Columbus's first voyage, the Muslims had invaded Constantinople. Did you know that? Did you know the Muslims invaded Constantinople and took over uh, Constantinople and called and changed it to Istanbul? It was in the same year, 1492, that Christians reclaimed the Iberian Peninsula during the Reconquista. But you don't hear any of that from the heathens on the left who are anti-American, anti-Christ, anti-family, anti-male, etc. Put in your favorite antis. When I come back, we'll go uh, into the other questions of the day, which is, if the president came on this radio show this week, what would you have me ask him? And Columbus Day. Columbus Day. If you hate Columbus so much, why don't you, the liberal, donate your property to a Native American tribe? I can send you the address and phone number.
0: And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation. Home of borders, language, culture, and here he is. New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Say it loud, say it proud, and
1: say you're proud to celebrate Columbus Day. Important man, but you remember this. It's not just a day that's celebrated... The contributions of this single Italian man but it's a day that usually celebrated the contributions of all Italian Americans to our nation's history did you know that that was the original intent behind the holiday it was to elevate Italians during a period when the Italians faced market bigotry in America that is why the Columbus Day holiday was created to bring up the people themselves and now you're gonna let the left bring you down as a people without saying a word Yeah, I guess so. You know, they say that civilizations run in uh, cycles and that all great civilizations have a life cycle, as do all things, whether it be a car or a person or a dog or a cat. And the life cycle of most nations in their dominant period is about 250 years. And there are many pessimists who are saying we are reaching the last phase of our cycle as a nation. I'm not so sure of that. It's possible, anything is possible. I mean, when you look at the decadence of the West right now, you could say the entire West is in decline and that we should just hand our country over to the communist Chinese, you know, and just become a serf immediately. So it depends upon, you know, your fighting spirit, depends upon your knowledge of history, And it depends upon what happens uh, during this election, you know, because I actually do think that is the most important election in my life. I I sincerely do, because I know the machine in San Francisco. You don't have to be a genius to know that Biden is just a uh, front man for the Pelosi uh, mob that gave us Kamala Harris. Everyone knows that. Everyone can read this. You don't have to be a political scientist to see where this is coming from. The 25th Amendment crap from last week. So you could say, well, what's wrong with Pelosi and a henchman running the country? I don't know. If you like like what uh, San Francisco values are, you'll like them in your little town in America. If you like having bums dropping their pants and defecating outside of coffee shops in little America, in small town America, on Main Street, hey, you're going to love Pelosi's America. If you like Venezuela, you're going to love America under this. Biden, Harris, uh, Junta, (laughs) let's put it in that way. So, and we're celebrating Columbus Day. Let's see what else we're celebrating. Let's see, Many, many states have ditched Columbus Day to observe Indigenous Peoples Day. Indigenous Peoples Day, how politically correct can you get? Hawaii observes Discoverer's Day in place of Columbus Day. Maine observes Indigenous Peoples Day. New Mexico, Indigenous Peoples Day. Vermont observes Indigenous Peoples Day. There's nothing wrong with Indigenous Peoples, as I say. And as I, you don't have to tell me what I already know better than most people. You gotta remember that in 1972, I published my first commercial book. It was a celebration of Indigenous people. It was called Earth Medicine, Earth Foods, the native plants, foods, and drugs. Of the Native Americans. I spent years writing that book, researching and writing it. I became so enamored of how people known as Indians lived on the land with such knowledge and wisdom for at least 20,000 years before the colonization by uh, Europeans. And you know, it's interesting to me that survival skills are an advanced form of uh, material culture from an anthropological point of view. Survival skills survival skills material culture as well as jewelry as well as Artistry all material culture of indigenous peoples. It is something to behold I've collected such things my entire life out of great wonderment and respect for indigenous peoples But that doesn't mean that I have to now overthrow the civilization that has given my ancestors and myself such a wonderful opportunity I don't have to throw it in the garbage because the communists have told us that Columbus was a racist. First of all, I could spend an hour telling you who who it is who started this. It was a communist who started this whole movement. The pox is long dead, but this whole hatred for Columbus began with this one verminous individual and it had nothing to do with loving indigenous peoples. The attacks on Columbus, the attacks on Columbus, the hostility towards Columbus can be traced back to one man, Howard Zinn. You didn't know it was one man. It just shows you what one communist can do. Howard Zinn, a a noted Marxist, wrote a book that was in continuous publication since 1980 that is taught to all of our stupid children. And it's called The People's History of the United States. His lies... Uh, are widely accepted as conventional wisdom. So it's Howard Zinn, which is used as a core history textbook in schools, which includes statements such as abolish, abolish Columbus Day kits. And this vermin, Howard Zinn, 10 years after his death, he still remains an icon of the political left and an influence in shaping students' understanding of a national history. This is one man, Howard Zinn, People, people's History of the United States. Now, you gotta understand that Howard Zinn was a lifetime Marxist, that's a fact. Howard Zinn falsely and deceptively quoted from Columbus's own journal. And uh, the average American doesn't know any of this. No one knows about Columbus's great talents in seamanship, his devout Catholicism, and how he really set out to set up a trading post with the Grand Khan of China in order to finance a crusade to take back Jerusalem from the Muslims. You don't know any of this. And did you know that one of the natives that Columbus had baptized became his godson? You don't know any of this. Maybe I didn't know any of this. But all of you who hate America and all of you who hate Columbus, you better be very careful what you rip down because what you replace it with may just come to bite you in the back So how did the cancellation of Columbus began? How did it escalate now to the vermin of the left? Ripping down statues of Columbus with impunity with no no pushback. It all goes back to one filthy human being one pox upon humanity a man named Howard Zinn Howard Zinn would be the blood brother of Bernie Sanders Howard Zinn would be the blood godfather of occasional cortex The vitriolic hatred for all things Western, all things Christian, all goes back to Howard Zinn. So now, this summer, we saw a wave of attacks on removal of more than 30 Columbus statues because of his, quote, enslavement and systemic violence. That's their latest word is systemic. The African-American Marxists use that systemic, systemic racism. Of course, every time they say it, we see the systemic racism they're talking about. Systemic violence against the indigenous people of the Caribbean, including the genocide of the Taino people. All right. Terrible. Genocide is terrible. No matter when it happens, who it happens. It's horrible. But don't blame Columbus. And if you want to talk about genocide, let's talk about genocide. Because this is a sad fact of history, and I'm a student of history, especially of Native American history. Not the world's leading expert, but a student, a fairly good one. Ask any honest Native American scholar who's living today how his ancestors treated a Native American tribe that was competing with them for a territory and what they did to the men when they captured them. Did they take them in and share an ostrich stew? Did they sit down and have a a, a hay out with them? Kiss them on the cheek? Smoke a peace pipe? No, they did not. It was more akin to the Crips and the Bloods That's how the tribes treated each other. This is not diminishing the genius of the cultures, the tremendous contributions to our knowledge of nature to these indigenous peoples, but you know, facts are facts. And if you actually study the facts from a scholarly point of view, you'll come to a different conclusion than those drawn by the communist Howard Zinn, who has uh, introduced this hatred for the West because he hated the West. He hated America. The phone The phone number is 855-47282. The primary question today is, and the show's title today is, I told you each show has a title, is Celebrating Columbus Day and what would you ask President Trump if he comes on the show? And I believe that we will have an answer for you tomorrow on that particular question. And if you want to answer me online, you can do so in several different places. I will be right back. Savage. We are celebrating Italian-American Day on the Savage Nation, which the... uh, Okay, thank you very much. Very nice. We know about Italian opera. It's fantastic. And, um, you know, most of the Italians who arrived in the United States came from the humblest of backgrounds. And through hard work and resolve, they created the American dream for themselves and the country. They came here as peasants. They became business and industry leaders, governors and senators, architects, artists, scientists, doctors, educators and attorneys. And I don't have to name them. And look how we wound up with Nancy Pelosi at the end of the line. Take a look at this. We've had great Italian-American politicians. Look what we wound up what we wound up with, an anti-American like her. She doesn't even celebrate Columbus Day by catering to the vicious left wing mobs who are spurred on with their hatred for the nation. That doesn't mean that we have to hate her we could ignore her and we could just celebrate Italian-American contributions and achievements that we all enjoy in this country. There are many milestones, there are many contributions that we all know about. Uh, But remember, Italian immigrants came here and they became the basic labor for American factories and mines. Italians helped build roads, dams, tunnels, churches, and that's what gave them the original economic foothold in American society and allowed them to provide for their families. And remember, family stands at the core of Italian-American life. At least it did. At least it did. But with the advent of the 60s and drug sex and rock and roll, who knows what uh, anything stands for anymore, right? So they are, in many ways, an epitome of, of, of the immigrant experience. So to throw away Columbus Day is throwing away all the contributions of Italians and Italian immigrants to this nation. And you must not let the Marxists do this because, again, as I taught you in the last segment, it was a Marxist named Howard Zinn who took on the big lie, gave it a big lie, and he wrote a communist history book called A People's History of the U.S., which is taught in our schools today, and the children's minds have been destroyed by him. And that is why we're celebrating Columbus Day today on the Savage Nation. We're also asking you the question, what would you have me ask President Trump if he appeared on the show? That's a loaded statement. Is not is that not a loaded statement, Jim? It's a loaded statement. I know he was on a lot of small and big shows last week. I get it. And I know very much how to do a panegyric if I wanted to. But I'm not going to do a panegyric. I am not the great American. I'm not the great... Uh, This simulator, I am not the one who called you every damn name in the Sun in 2015 now makes believe he's his greatest fan Yeah, oh, yeah 2015 he called you every name under the Sun trumpers trumpeteers trumpets trumpets And now he's the crumpet of the administration No, you're not going to get panegyrics from me But on the other hand i'm not here inviting the president on if he decides to come to be his antagonist either I have told you from the beginning of my radio career 26 years ago that when I have a guest on this show, whether it's an unknown person of significance or a president of the United States in this case, if it should happen, they are guests in my home. I don't attack guests in my home. I learned about hospitality from a very peculiar place. You know who I learned hospitality from? The Fijian people. Because I, as an American, a white boy, in an all black village over and over again, over many years, sitting in little villages, the only white in the village, I learned what hospitality was and how to treat people. That's how I learned. I learned from the indigenous people of the Fiji Island long before you drank Fiji water. Because I was there uh, studying the uh, indigenous healing plants of those islands, Tonga, Fiji, Samoa, and other islands. Something I never talk about. I think I'm gonna devote a few podcasts to my background in, in ethnobotany. Because most of you think ethnobotany is a, is a furry fuzzy thing. You don't know anything about it. It's like, ooh, what's that hippie stuff? That's something a dummy with a law degree would say. That's someone who eats cheeseburgers and has quadruple bypass. That's someone who smokes cigars and gets lung cancer would say a thing like that. God forbid. And God, God save them from their own ignorance. That's somebody who slaughters animals and say it's good for the environment. That's someone who rapes a wilderness and says it's part of the American tradition. I'll leave it to the ignoramuses. That's not me. But I think I'll devote a whole podcast to my, my travels in the South Pacific. Let's put it to you that way. Long before Fiji was a water. <laughs> That's not bad. Long before Fiji was a water. I was there before independence. There was quite a different experience in the villages. There were no roads going in. All right. Aurora, California, line nine. Quickly, what's on your mind? Fire away. Dr. Savage, what an honor to talk with you. All these years I've been listening to you, but I got very, very... Um, motivated when you started talking with President Trump on the phone in uh, 19, I mean,
0: 2016, and he won. And I've been listening since then. And the way you talk about this president and the United States and the Jewish people and the Italian people makes me proud to talk with you today. Um,
1: That's beautiful. Listen, we're almost out of time, but i got to tell you something. It's listeners like you, the silent ears of talk radio who are the core of america god bless you and let me send you a copy of our fight for america because i know you're a fighting person you're a fighting man you love your people you love the country you love columbus you love trump what a great call that is a copy of our fight for america goes out to you savage It is the uh, savage nation, and um, it's, a, it's a bittersweet thing celebrating Columbus Day in a nation that doesn't celebrate Columbus Day because of the Marxists who have undermined Columbus and undermined Italian-American contributions to our civilization. Now, it could be the fact that I grew up in another time. I mean, I knew what little Italy was in the 1950s when I was a little kid. I'm not Italian, but believe me, we had a lot of Italian people in my life. They were very much like my people. The women wore the same. The the poor women, the men, they all looked the same. They wore the house dresses, the congregations of people in the houses, the love of family, the bond between the families was so similar. And you could say, well, that's the American experience. That's That's the way it was, is that the melting pot. Well, there was really no melting pot. There is no melting in the pot. What you do is, you gotta understand something about me. I'm an immigrant son. It's important for you to understand that. That is why I sound different. That's why I talk different. That's why I think differently. Uh, That's why I am different. Because I have one foot in the old world and one foot in the new world. That's my admission to you. Was it an easy transition to vacillate between uh, the past and the present? Not really and there's a part a part of my psyche that's in the old world. Not only the old world I never knew, meaning I didn't come from another country, but my father did. So a lot of his values are old world values, and they were not easy for me to live with, because he didn't see me as man-child in the promised land. He treated me like man-child in his land. He didn't see me in the promised land, he saw me in his land. Fathers of that generation, Treated their sons as serfs. I don't know if you know that. If you went to a ball game and you missed the ball, he called you a moron and a fool. He gave you a slap in the head and said, what are you, an idiot? You can't hit a ball? Today you go to a ball field, the kid swings and misses, the bat flies out of his hand, and there's the father. Good job, Johnny. Or shall I say Janie? Good job, Johnny. As the bat flew out of his hand. Well, the ball hit him in the head. Not in my time. It was pretty brutal. It was a brutal, pragmatic world. It was not very romantic, to be very honest with you. So my experience as an immigrant, immigrant son uh, is very similar to that of other immigrant experiences. In this case today, the Italian immigrant experience. So we're living in a multicultural America, and the multicultural America of today does not want to assimilate. They do not want to assimilate because the Marxists taught them assimilation is annihilation. They don't want annihilation in their mind. They want to retain only the old world, only the old language. And they spit on the world that has given them so much. They burn the flags. They spit on everything American. And the idea of assimilating to them is annihilation. So to the new immigrants who have been poisoned by the communists in the media, the communists in the school system, uh, to them a multicultural America means annihilating not their old ways, but annihilating America itself. That's exactly the truth here. They don't really want to assimilate. They want America to disappear. And what will they have in exchange? Will they have the world that they brought with them? Is that what they wanted? Then why did they leave where they came from? You know, we hear the word melting pot, and the word melting pot meant everyone melted into a homogenous American stew. But that's not what happened. What happened was immigrants in the past uh, leave behind, they adapt, they change. they leave behind certain things. They learn English, for example. First thing, English. My grandmother never spoke a word of English in the house. Do you know that? Have I told you that on your show? My grandmother never spoke one word of English. She was an old woman, old woman. I don't know what old was, probably much younger than I was than I am now. She sat quietly. She never spoke a word of English. She spoke to me in Russian, and she spoke to me in Yiddish. And to this day, I don't know much wor- many words in either language. She was a very quiet person. She could not read or write or speak much English, I mean, at all. She did not assimilate. She lived in the old world. She had her own values from the other world. She had to flee the communist revolution to survive. And the grandfather first came here, worked his hard out for eight years to bring her over, and one child of the two or three, I don't remember. And then the grandfather died at 48 in a tailor shop. So believe me, I know about the generational changes that go on in immigrant families. I don't have to read about it in a textbook. I know and I miss the traditions that I grew up with. I have the psychic sense of displacement that is akin to this so called melting pot. As I've benefited from becoming a middle class American, I have lost so much. Because there's always two sides to a bargain. You gain certain things, but you have to give up certain things. You think to this day, I don't remember the big families in Queens, New York? I don't have it here. I have nobody. One or two people. One child's here, the other child's 3,000 miles away, a cousin is 3,000 here, and the other one's there. I don't even talk to them on Facebook. When I was a kid, they were in my mother's house, this little house in Queens, a little attached house. It was, the lot was 20 by 100 feet. So the house was 20 feet wide. The dining room was the center room of the whole house, dining room. Today, it would be hardly a little bedroom. But she had one big table in there that she put the, the leaves in. You know the leaves? Know what the leaf is? They know what a leaf is today in this country? She put the leaves in on the holidays, and the whole family would come over from the neighborhood, from Pennsylvania. Do you know that relatives slept on the floor upstairs during a holiday to be with us? Put down the mattresses or put down the, the, the blankets. You say, oh, how poor, how ugly, how cheap. No, it was beautiful. We're all together. It's not anymore, nothing. We have big houses now. No one's in them. Kitchens, no one uses the, uh, the oven. A refrigerator filled with uh, a bottle of vodka now and, a, and an old piece of bread. Not me, but mainly in America. Take a look at the kitchens in the rich neighborhoods of America. They don't even turn the gas on. Most of the women who would turn the gas on in Westchester would catch fire today if they didn't do takeout. So we're talking today not so much solely or solely about Columbus Day and Columbus and Italian-Americans. We're talking about immigration. That's what this day really is about, a successful immigrant, a great immigrant. And of course the immigrant group to which he is attached is the Italian American immigrant group. Look what we wound up with now at the end of the, of the, of the line. Look, look at the end of the line from the greats like uh, Fiorello LaGuardia, a mayor, to Governor Meatball in New York State who never has a nice thing to say about this country. From Fiorello LaGuardia to uh, Nancy Pelosi, can you imagine? Well, how did the Italians create so much and give so much to the country? And please don't tell me about the mafia and about uh, the Godfather and the Sopranos. You know, I love those movies, but th- that does not define the people any more than Maya Lansky defines the Jews. Nor does Albert Einstein define the Jews, for that matter. By the way, on the other side, don't assume every Jew is Albert Einstein. I've known pretty, a lot of dumb Jews, incidentally, a lot of idiots, real stupid ones. They're not all Einsteins, and they're not all uh, Arnold Rothsteins. So each immigrant group has its ups and its downs, its highs and its lows, its greats and, its, and, its, and, its, and the other side. But what was basic to all immigrant groups that I knew is family, work and family, work and family. If you didn't work, you were a bum. If you weren't married and had, didn't have kids by the time you're 25, they looked at you like something was wrong with you. Hey, well, what's with him? What's he, some kind of finoke? I mean, I'll tell you the way it was. Say, well, boy, that was awful to call everyone this or that because they didn't get married. That's called social pressure. That is how boys were driven to become a father instead of a, 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 let's just put it, a bird, a little canary flying around. A canary who lives only to look at himself in the mirror and comb his hair. You had social pressure. There wasn't a family gathering. I didn't intend to go on like this, Jim. I was going to take callers, but since we're talking about immigration, of family, you know, it's one of those soliloquies you're getting from Hamlet right now. Savage Hamlet or Hamlet Savage. There was not a family gathering. So I'm telling you about the family gatherings, the families coming over for the holidays, right? My mother would cook for days, days. She'd buy the food, prepare the food. The refrigerator was overflowing. She had to get enough. She got to put stuff in my aunt's refrigerator five blocks away. Then she'd start the cooking two days before. Oh, it was beautiful, it smells, beautiful. But, you know, it wasn't all roses. There was always social pressure. The men would say to you, if you were like 20, 21, so they would start younger, what are you going to be? What are you going to do with yourself? Where are you working? How are you doing in school? No one just assumed you went to school to, uh, to have girlfriends. They didn't assume you went to school to smoke pot and have a girlfriend. Every man smilingly would say, so what are you, what are you doing in school? Did you get all A's? Or when are you getting married? you have a girlfriend yet? This went on from the time I was 13. 13, what are you doing in school? Do you have a girlfriend yet? That's called social control or social shaping. Now compare that to today where men are afraid to say that to a child, boy or girl, for fear they'll be called a name. And what happens is there's no family life. No, no families at all. Nobody has the social pressure on them to get married or even choose a career. How's Audrey doing in college? She's been eight years. What's she majoring in? Nothing yet. She hasn't found anything she liked. You hear? She hasn't found anything she liked. You hear that? She went to school to to find something she liked. Like blowing bubbles. In other words, going to college was like blowing bubbles. She liked blowing bubbles, so she blew bubbles. Okay. So she went to college for what? Nothing. To enjoy herself. To take Adderall and uh, meet a boyfriend behind the, the, whatever. So it was a different world. It was social pressure. So that was then and this is now. So who's like the people I knew today? There are plenty. There are plenty of people like that. I know the Mexican people are almost identical. Hardworking and family. The same two fundamental values that I grew up with are seen in the Mexican community and Mexican communities in America. Hard work, pride in hard work, and family. That's That's what they are. Very much like... The people that I grew up with and the people I knew—that's how it was. But then there are those who come here to do nothing. They come here like bums to live on welfare, to get drunk, to riot during their their holidays. There was a parade in New York. We had a parade, a Columbus Day parade. No one got shot. No one got killed. Take a look at some of the other wonderful uh, parades now that you have in New York. You got bodies laying in the street after the parade. Not just go, not just rubbish. You have bodies. Didn't happen when I was a kid. Nobody went to us to celebrate an ethnic parade and killed anyone. They, they would rather kill themselves than do it. Why? Because they saw that themselves as part of a people. Take a look at some of the immigrant groups that have been brought in here, what they do. Beat themselves up in the street with, with sticks. I never, I oh, just celebrate something from 12,000 years ago. Sweating, rubbing against each other, no masks, no lockdowns, and, and Governor Meatball says nothing. The Jews don't want to do a lockdown so already he wants to lock them up it happened in august it happened in august the muslims were in new york in the streets celebrating uh muhammad's grandson's birthday god bless him it's their holiday stripped to the chest naked in the streets rubbing against each other sweating chanting beautiful holiday beautiful holiday no masks no lockdowns no police not one word from governor meatball or, or or mayor skunjili mayor skunjili said nothing a Jew got in the street and celebrated their funeral. He went berserk and had them arrested and went after them and said, it's the Orthodox. I thought it was Kristallnacht listening to them. I thought next that the NYPD would be told to smash the synagogue doors in and arrest the rabbis. That's the world we're living in today. It's like the end of a whole cycle. So immigration, immigration should be celebrated today on Columbus Day, especially the immigrants who have come here Uh And Rested their communities upon two pillars work and family Work and family not upon spitting in America and ripping up the flag There's so many other things that I can talk about Not only about immigrants and immigrant the immigrant experience from from both sides and the difficulty of of Multiculturalism for everyone who has to blend into a new society but uh, the 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 uh, the What shall I say? The rewards that are there if you're willing to work for them. No one gives you anything. See, this is the problem. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I was raised on that, but in other ways, long before JFK. But like the Italians, my people harbored a suspicion of authority figures. My people didn't trust politicians. My people didn't trust uh, uh, anybody. Not at all. They distrusted authority because in their world, in the old world, authority was totally corrupt. And here's the interesting part, and I really got to stop. See, if it was a podcast, I go on for another hour right now. That's why you're going to listen to my podcast. I've, just, you know, I've been talking now. I just got started. I could do another hour on on family and immigration, but I can't do an hour in the format in which I'm I'm operating. So we distrusted authority, and what was the bulwark against? the uh, authority figures in this country. Family. Same with the Italians. Family first, authority was the enemy. And it was the family that protected you against authority because authority was usually hostile. And we had no respect for authority outside of the community. We We didn't respect them at all. We looked down on them. We'd seen them as all corrupt. Where was the authority? It was within the family itself. Usually the authority was... In the father, that's where the authority was, in the father. Now you want to start taking this apart and you understand the feminist movement, the communist movement, and how it all worked to take apart the threads of that immigrant experience and unravel it. And now we have what? Now we have a beautiful holiday like Columbus Day being attacked because one psychotic Marxist named Zinn wrote a fake history book about how evil Christopher Columbus was. Savage. Without uh, stating it, I'm asking you what questions would you have me ask President Trump should he appear on my radio show while avoiding panegyrics? I'm not in the panegyric business. I'll leave that to the the others. Those who cursed him behind his back and cursed you and called you every name. Suddenly, they only know panegyrics, but I, I, don't know the, I don't know the tune. I don't know how to play that game. On the other hand, it's an election like none other in our lifetime. And of course, today we're celebrating Columbus Day and Italian-American contributions to our nation, as well as what questions would you have me ask President Trump?